Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is April the 28th, and we are continuing to work our way through the book of Galatians together. Last time we were together, we were in Galatians chapter number 2, and we left off in verse number 8. So let's go ahead and uh, pick up there in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 8. Um we got to back up to verse number 7, because verse number 8 is actually a parenthetical statement based off of what he said in verse number 7. So, uh, here we see verse number 7 said, But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter... Um, now, what we've already established, this is what happened at the Jerusalem Council um, when uh, uh, Paul went back to Jerusalem and for the very first time uh, told them about the mystery that had been revealed to him in regards to the gospel of grace. And we uh, see here in verse number 7, as he continues to narrate what happened, but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to me, of course, the uncircumcision is referring to the Gentiles. Gentiles were not um, circumcised uh, as the Jews were. As the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, referring to the Jews. So in the end, they realized that what Paul had received was for the Gentiles, and it was not the same message that Peter and the Twelve had for the Jews. And again, where I believe where many go astray today, and where I went astray today, went astray in time past, is that uh, they usually fall in one of two categories when they hear Paul talking about the mystery. Uh, the first category is the only thing that Paul shared with uh, the twelve while he was in Jerusalem was that the Gentiles were now included in God's plan. Well, the problem with that is the Gentiles were always included in God's plan. It was always God's plan to reach the Gentiles through the nation of Israel. That was the switch. Uh, God's plan, his plan was that the nation of Israel would repent uh, they would accept their king and their kingdom, and then he would use them to reach the Gentile nations. However, they forfeited that right when they rejected the king and the kingdom, and now he was going to go around them, raise up the Apostle Paul as the apostle to the Gentiles. So the Gentiles were always in God's plan. Um, and then the second uh, reason that I hear, or the second uh, thing that people think Paul went back and shared with the, the Twelve in Jerusalem was that Paul's revelation was simply that the Jews, uh, now that they are Christians, they shouldn't keep the law any longer. Um, no, uh, the Jews were never told not to keep the law. As a matter of fact, uh, as we read through the book of Acts, it is very apparent that they were to repent, they were to be baptized, they were to keep the commandments, uh, they were to keep fulfilling the sacrifices in the temple. Uh, the law was never 
the Jews were never told to stop keeping the law. As a matter of fact, under the kingdom gospel, they were required to continue keeping the law. So no, um, that second thought about what Paul went back and told the council in Jerusalem is wrong. Uh, the bottom line was that Paul's message of grace was for the Gentile apart from the law. That was the mystery. The mystery was the law no longer had to be kept, but it was simply by belief in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that the Gentile would be saved. And ultimately, of course, the Jew, once the kingdom offer was off the table, and I believe the kingdom offer came off the table around 70 AD with the destruction of Jerusalem. Um, so I don't believe that Paul fully grasped um, all that was entailed with this grace gospel. Uh, I do believe in what is called progressive Revelation. That means that Paul received revelation progressively. Uh, when Paul first heard about the mystery, which the first indicator that we have in the Bible that he had heard about this was around Acts chapter number 13, um, he didn't understand. He, I don't think he received it all at the same time. Uh, Paul still uh, did not fully understand that the kingdom was postponed. Um, he did not fully understand that uh, the body of Christ would be raptured. He did not fully understand the organization or the structure of the body of Christ. So Paul did receive progressive revelation, no doubt. And that brings us to verse number eight, which is a parenthetical statement. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship to the circumcision, the same was mighty in me, Paul, toward the Gentiles. So in other words, just as God was working mightily through Peter with the kingdom gospel to the Jews, so God was now working uh, mightily through Paul with the grace gospel to the Gentiles. Uh, I think that too often the fact that Paul's apostleship um, was called into question uh, many times was because he was one that he even acknowledged was born out of due time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 8, and last of all, he was seen of me also. And of course, Paul did see our Lord uh, on the Damascus road as one that was born out of due times. And as a result, I, Paul constantly throughout his, his letters, is defending his apostleship. And he wanted to make sure that people understood that just as God was using Peter to reach the circumcision, so he was using him, Paul, to reach the uncircumcision. He is also magnifying his apostleship to the Gentiles. Paul realized he knew that his apostleship was not for the nation of Israel. Certainly he had a heart, he had a love for the Jewish nation. He said he would, he would be accursed if it meant uh, the, the saving of the nation or of, of his people. But that was not his calling. I've got a whole sermon series on the difference between a burden and a call. Paul had a burden for the nation of Israel. 
but he was not called to the nation of Israel. And we need to make sure burdens and callings are two different things. I can have a burden for something, that, but that doesn't mean that God has called me to do anything about it. Uh, a calling is way more than a burden. A calling is a call to action, to do something. So there's a difference. And I've known a lot of people in my life, a lot of ministers in my life, that have responded to burdens and not calls. And they get about halfway into the burden and they realize they were never called. Uh, So there's a difference between a burden and a call. So Paul had a call to the Gentiles um, in Romans 11, 13, where I speak to you Gentiles in as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify in mine office. So a lot of times we as whatever you want to call us, mid-acts, dispensationalist, uh, the derogatory derogatory term is hyper-dispensationalist uh, or right dividers, whatever term you want to use. Uh, when we use the term, Paul is our apostle, I mean, people look at us like we're a cult or something. But Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Peter was not the apostle to the Gentiles. James was not the apostle to the Gentiles. John was not the apostle to the Gentiles. There was only one apostle who was sent to the Gentiles, and that was Paul. So there's nothing wrong with saying Paul is our is our apostle. Um, that's not conjecture. That's fact. Um, and of course, any challenge that Paul's apostleship had always came from the Jews. The Gentiles had no reason to question Paul's calling to them. It was the Gentiles that constantly questioned Paul's calling, period, uh, because he was an apostle born out of due time. He was not one of the original 12. Um, Now, notice in verse number 9, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Now, it's interesting that Paul decides to call Peter Cephas in this verse. Now, some would argue that he is speaking of someone else. Um, but who could possibly be in the company of James and John? Uh, and we'll see as we get down. I mean, to me, he's obviously talking Uh, of Peter here. So when James, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, and they were the ones there at the council in Acts chapter number 15. Also, interestingly, this is the first and only time that John is mentioned in Paul's writings. Um, Now, he talks about uh, uh, John Mark, uh, but this is the first time that John is mentioned uh, in Paul's writings. His point is that these three recognized a grace that was given to Paul, and as a result, they extended the right hands of fellowship uh, to him. And that fellowship meant that they were all working toward the same goal, but to different groups. They to the circumcision, Paul to the heathen, or the uncircumcision, the Gentile. I had a pastor friend many years ago. Uh, I had thought the Lord might be calling me to come alongside of him in ministry. 
and it just didn't work out. And um, I remember he wrote me a letter and he said, listen, we're both pulling the same net just on different sides. You know, I mean, we've all got our hands on the net. And Paul's hand was on the net, just like Peter, James, and John's hands were on the net. So they gave him the right hand of fellowship. Uh, Also note that the word perceived uh, here in this verse, the word perceived uh, here in verse number nine. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace of God. Uh, That word perceived in the original um, means to know experientially, gnosko. Uh, In other words, Peter, James, and John experientially knew that God was doing something different through Paul that he was not doing through them. He knew, they knew that experientially. They recognized the two different programs that we cannot seem to grasp today. They recognized it. Um, And then notice in verse number 10, only that they would, only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. Now, this seems to be referring to the outcoming of the Jerusalem Council. However, when we go back to the Jerusalem Council, when it records the outcome, it doesn't say in there, remember the poor. Um, matter of fact, it for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled, from fornication, from which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare you well. So nowhere in there does it say remember the, the poor. Now, Barnes says, Albert Barnes, who's one of my favorite commentators, he says, this is, as I suppose, the poor Christians in Judea. It can hardly be supposed that it would be necessary to make this an express stipulation in regards to the converts from among the Gentiles, and it would not have been very pertinent to the case before them to have done so. So it seems that they're just saying, remember the poor. Um, And the poor... Uh, seems to be referring to the the Judean church. Uh, I mean, it makes sense uh, that the Jerusalem church was already suffering quite a bit, bit since selling all of their possessions. Uh, this would explain why Paul made collections for them. In 1 Corinthians 16, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches in Galatia, even so do ye upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye will, ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. Uh, that's the only liberalism that the Bible uh, condones. <laughs> and if it be me that I go also, they shall go with me. So, Remembering the poor, I think, is a reference to um, the Jerusalem church who was already in quite a plight because they had sold everything, they'd given it to the common store in an expectation that Christ would return soon and they would inherit the kingdom and they wouldn't need these things. Uh, But, of course, that didn't happen. 
because the kingdom was slowly being rejected and the Jerusalem church was beginning to starve. Um, in the end, just because it's not written in Acts 15 does not mean that it was not discussed. <laughs> there is a lot of things. As a matter of fact, I would probably, I would dare say probably practically 90% or more of what happened in the lives of the apostles and in their discussions and even in the life of Jesus is not written in Scripture. I mean, can you imagine how big it would be if every single day, every single conversation of these people, you know, the Holy Ghost just ensured that what needed to be written was written. But of course, we have to acknowledge that the vast majority of what they said and did in their daily activities and conversations were not written at all. Uh, so uh, then, let's see, I got a couple more minutes. Look in verse 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fear them, himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. So whenever this was, whenever this event happened, it was obviously after Acts chapter number 15. It was after the Jerusalem council that Peter went to Antioch and Paul ended up withstanding him to his face. Why? Because he was to be blamed. Um, what was Peter doing? Peter was still functioning under the law in the presence of them which were of the circumcision, which is the Jews, but not so when they were not around. <laughs> um, of course, them which of the circumcision would be uh, the little flock or the kingdom believers. So when Peter was around the kingdom believers, he functioned in the law. Like I said, the law uh, never went away. It was never the ho the house of Israel was never told to stop keeping the law. And if you if you know me at all, um, I don't believe the church was started in Acts chapter number two. That was the kingdom church. Uh, the first member of the body of Christ was the apostle Paul. And that did not happen at his conversion on the Damascus Road in chapter number 9 of Acts, but it happened sometime later, sometime around mid-Acts. <laughs> uh, Paul was the first uh, to accept, to receive the gospel of, of the grace gospel. So Paul was the first convert into, into the church. Um, so these that Peter was... The problem with Peter was his duplicity, um, which is a very nice way of saying hypocrisy. Uh, Peter was functioning under the law when he was around those of the circumcision, but when he got around the Gentiles, he didn't function under the law. And we can see here that Paul was none too happy about that. He withstood him to his face. Why? Because he was to be blamed. Because when certain came from James, he decided he didn't want to eat with the Gentiles anymore. <laughs> but when they were come, he withdrew himself and he separated himself because he feared what the Jews would say, these believing Jews. Um, so many have this notion 
that from Acts 2 following, the Jews did not keep the law. Again, that is not, uh, that was not, uh, it's just not true. I mean, look in Acts 21. Acts 21 and verse number 20, And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are zealous for the law. That's a long time after Pentecost. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. Paul never taught that to the Jews. Yes, he was teaching that to the Gentiles under the grace gospel, but he never taught that to the to the Jews. Um so you know, Paul that Paul Peter was playing the hypocrite. Now, another question that I have is why was Peter in Antioch? Um I believe that he was wanting to see firsthand after the council of Jerusalem what God was doing among the Gentiles through Paul's ministry. Uh, No doubt the fact that Paul rebuked Peter and the fact that Peter received that rebuke speaks of a newfound authority that Paul had and that the Twelve recognized. Um, So that's all of my time for today. Uh, Next time we get together, we'll pick up in, in verse number 13, and we'll see that we are not alone in hypocrisy. There are other people watching us. And verse number 13, and other Jews dissemble likewise with him, insomuch that even Barnabas was carried away with this duplicity. So we'll talk about that next time. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.